1: it is 6-14 now on this Wednesday, February 15th, less than a week from Fat Tuesday. Parades in earnest tonight, a 20% chance for showers today, human highs of 78. Then I hesitate to tell you about the parades because last week they were they were kind of off a little bit with the timing. But as it stands now, a 70% chance for afternoon showers and evening showers tomorrow. A lot of parades rolling then, highs of 80 during the day. But the last I saw, they're saying a lot of that rain should stay on the north shore. Not to wish it for you over there, but I think there are a lot more parades on this side. Uh, Friday, cold, breezy, highs of only 52, so it's going to be chilly at night. A little chilly on Saturday for Endymion and all the other parades. tux, I shouldn't start naming them because then you got to name them all. Highs of 54. And then Sunday, it warms rapidly, highs of 68. And then talk about rapid warning, uh, warming rather. Lundy Gras, highs of 76. With a 20% chance for showers, and at Mardi Gras itself, highs of 82. So those warm temperatures can indeed bring out the sights on Mardi Gras. We're joined now by Robert Hogan, Dr. Robert Hogan, professor and department chair, of political science at LSU. How are you, Doc?
0: I'm I'm doing well. How are you doing?
1: I'm okay. You much of a Mardi Gras fan or not?
0: Uh, not 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 so much. No. Although we do go to parades, when the kids are little, we we went to a lot more of them. But, uh, but uh, they're always fun.
1: Do they have parades in Baton Rouge or not from Mardi Gros?
0: Oh, yes, uh, lots of parades. The biggest one is, uh, I think, this weekend, the Spanish Town Parade, uh, and it draws the largest crowd, uh, uh, in, at least in the Baton Rouge area.
1: Tim, the LSU um, graduate in the control room shaking his head in agreement. Doctor, so apparently from the student angle, yeah. he, you're right. Um, let's, <laughs> let's talk about millennials. I don't know if Tim's a millennial or not. Generation Z and millennials, how are we even defining those people? Do you know?
0: Yeah, um, millennials um, are usually uh, people who were born um, after, from about 1981 to about 1996, and then you got your Generation Z from 97 to 12, and those are the ones so – at least the Generation Z um, are the the people who are most – um, you know, recently uh, into into voting or, or have gotten to vote <laughs> most recently. And a lot of people have been paying a lot of attention to them, uh, seeing what their voting trends are because it pretends what's going to happen uh, into the future. I
1: see Generation Z still getting its feet wet in politics as this NPR story. Oldest members mm-hmm. of the generation turned 26 this year. I have a child that turned 26 this year, not a child, but offspring. <laughs> um, and if the political views that i hear are representative of all generation zers depending on their activity mm-hmm. politically we're going to see some changes in this country aren't we
0: yeah perhaps so i mean the the as the a lot of the polls have noted that uh People in that cohort, these new voters, they tend to be uh, very Democratic in terms of their support for candidates. They they support Democrats to a much higher extent than they do Republicans. And um, at least in this last election, they had a huge turnout. I mean, it was like 27 percent or so. Um, and that's been the highest turnout uh, in a good while. I think the second highest turnout in, in three decades. So they're turning out at higher rates uh, and they are voting democratically. Now on the flip side of that is it's important to understand that turnout for um, people who are very young is not very great. Um, they c- comprise a small percentage of the electorate and their turnout I mean 27% is not very high. Um, uh, although it's high for that cohort um, the other thing to understand is if you actually look ask them about their party affiliation and their ideology they're not so much in the democratic camp they a lot of them are independent voters in the sense that at least they say they vote independently they don't Use party to motivate their uh, their their voting behavior Um, so um, there is some some room at least for Republicans to make inroads into this and we also know that voters of this age group and some of them of course in this age group aren't voters yet um, are very malleable in their thinking and and change and we know that um, the political events um, going on in the present day shape what they're believing and, and the information and knowledge that they gain and so um, I think there is certainly, you know, the, the fact that they're heavily Democratic right now doesn't mean that they're going to stay that way. And um, it's a lot of their voting is shaped by the current events of today. What the, the events will be two years from now, we don't know. Uh, so I don't think it's 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 necessarily meaning that there's going to be this huge wave of support for Democrats in the future.
1: I don't know if this is just anecdotal or not, but my experience has been um – Younger people tend to be more liberal, and you know the, mm-hmm. old, the old pig and a python thing where di- people are at different stages of their lives and, and they fit right. different um, roles, but it seems like mm-hmm. younger people are more liberal. Then once they start to achieve some success, they realize how much you're paying in taxes. I remember Dr. Jose Batista <laughs> at Xavier told me when he tells his pharmacy mm-hmm. students how much you're going to be paying in taxes, a lot of them change their, their political mm-hmm. views, but then all of a sudden they become a little bit more conservative. But then, as they make sure that they have enough, then they can turn a little more liberal and try to help other people, unless they have a tremendous amount and where money just becomes a game to them, and then they're interested in keeping every penny they have. Is that mm-hmm. is that anywhere close to the general experience, Doc?
0: I think there is some evidence to support the fact that that uh younger people who are liberal become somewhat more conservative for for reasons that you're pointing out is that um that the world becomes a little more real <laughs> in the sense that they wait a minute mortgage. somebody's got to pay uh, for this is that what you're telling me exactly, right exactly yeah. there are these things called taxes and and they they start to, to think more about these issues and so, so there i think there i think the, the political science literature does support That there is there is some movement It's not as dramatic as a lot of people, I I think, might have it be. I think, like I said earlier, the the big thing that has an influence on your thinking later on in in your life is the formative experiences when you were when you were young and when you were learning about politics. And there's a lot of evidence to support, for example, people who grew up during the Clinton um, period, during the Democratic years uh, in the 1990s. Um, later on in life, they continued to be to vote more democratic uh, than uh, other people um, uh, you know in, with similar at similar uh, levels of income and education. So there's something about the cohort of when you're growing up, what political experiences you're, you' know you're exposed to, what political events you're exposed to, that has this, um, you know, has a way of this this um, generational imprinting, as they call it, um, on people's perspectives.
1: And we can talk about this when we come back, Doctor Hogan. You know, chewing your parent out in a hardware store may or may not have happened with me, for saying the wrong thing is a long way from being politically active and actually supporting a candidate or voting, et cetera. So we'll talk about the the, the activity that they get involved with, the Generation Z and millennials, and how active are they is what I'm trying to say. 621, time for traffic now on WWL. 626, Tommy Tucker, WWL. I'd like to hear from you all on the Oakland Heart Jeweler Talking and text Line 504-260-1870. Did you get more conservative as you aged or have your children gotten more conservative as they've aged? We're talking to Dr. Robert Hogan, professor and department chair of political science at LSU. Somebody texted in and sent me an article, as a matter of fact, Doc, from Yahoo saying that um, millennials are becoming less conservative as they continue to age. So Mm -hmm. I guess what I'm wondering is if here's and just knowing what my 26 year old tells me, if they are going to change, if they are not going to change their philosophy, this country is in for some major changes. But Mm -hmm. if they do change their philosophy, then it's going to be business as usual. Am I way off base there or not?
0: No, no, know I, I don't think you're way off base, and I think that the article that the the listener is uh, citing it is is correct. I mean, and, and it's consistent with what I was saying earlier, and that is that, you know, the the sort of issues that are dominant when you are of formative age when you were coming of age and and becoming an adult those things play a big role in in your later voting and um a lot of the issues that are that are being talked about right now we know that abortion was a a big issue in the minds of a lot of younger voters um and there's a whole lot of social justice issues that 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 play into their uh thinking in a way that they didn't in the past you have things like uh, marijuana Use And that sort of thing. Uh, So there are a lot of issues that that are going to affect the way people um, think about politics and what sort of um, policy options that they're willing to consider in the future. So I I think, you know, change does occur usually. And um, and it is often observed in those who are the youngest. And I, I think we are seeing. We're seeing some i guess what I'm trying to say is we're seeing some um vision of what the future is like. Um I don't think it's going to be as dramatic uh, as as things look right now, but um but but we we clearly are, are 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 moving towards many changes in society on a variety of different things.
1: What about um fiscal uh, views mm-hmm. when it comes to generation Z and millennials? Are they aware of the debt? Do they care?
0: I don't know i mean the 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 whole the whole debt issue this was the thing that dominated people's thinking in the 1980s and early nineties. I mean, it was the deficit. It was, you know, Ross Perot. That was what Mm -hmm. got him. That gave him a great deal of uh, attention in the early nineties. Politicians aren't talking about the issue anymore and it's both sides. Uh, Democrats and Republicans are not talking about that issue uh, very much at all. And in some ways um, you know, the whole debt issue, a lot of the, the sky is falling mentality that people were talking about in the 80s and 90s never came to pass. Um, it didn't crowd, you know, the, the government borrowing money did not crowd out debt, didn't make um, uh, borrowing money a whole lot more expensive. Um, inflation, things like that, we have inflation now, but we went for a very long time without it. So um, a lot of the, the, the doomsaying about the, the debt and the deficit never came to pass. And both parties sort of pushed it to the side. So when the parties and candidates aren't talking about the issues, um, you know, the voters aren't thinking about them.
1: Thank you, doctor. I appreciate your time. Dr. Robert Hogan, professor, department chair, of political science at LSU. Somebody texted in and said, as I've gotten to 48 years old, I've realized both sides uh, of the aisle. Don't give a damn about me or anyone who doesn't donate to their war chest. I think you might be on to something there. 630 time for WWL First News.